Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated. Welcome to another season, a new season of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I have with me Caroline. How's it going? Hey, hey new we, season, what yeah, up? Yeah, best season ever. How was your summer, Pierce? It was great. I watched a lot of soccer. Yeah, that was happening. That was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And I went to the beach. So, great all around. How was yours? That was pretty good. That's good. <laughs> We've also got from streakingthelawn.com, Paul Wiley. How's it going, Paul? Hey, hey. Going, doing good. Excellent. You ready to talk about some fall and winter UVA sports? Absolutely. This is the field, all soccer, right? Yeah, field hockey and volleyball. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. No, we, we're going to run down the World Cup results because <laughs> Germany lost. Hey, show All right. <laughs> Oh, we're here to talk about the Who's, obviously. Uh, I think we got a lot to discuss because we haven't talked since March. March sounds about right, and I don't think anything happened. Nothing, nothing happened after March. Nope. Oh, sunshine and puppies. I remember being in Brooklyn and being really happy. Yeah, Brooklyn was fun. That was cool. And then I remember the season ending. No, I mean, I think we can jump right into a little bit of basketball. Now that you've had months to digest, and we don't want to spend too much time, but in like 10 words or fewer, how how are you feeling when you think back on last season, Paul? I mean, ACC tournament title. Okay. Yeah, I get your point. Um, That is the highlight. <laughs> of, yeah, of, yeah. of good, many good, highlights. Good, good enough for me. There's another four words. Like that's all right. I, I like that. That that is impressively concise. Uh, Caroline. <laughs> um, unfortunate series of events, but I'm over it. Is that under ten? Okay. Um, yeah. No, I got yeah. you. You. I think it was a perfect on. storm situation. Um, you couldn't get those same things to happen again if you wanted, as a sports fan 
flat out like it's kind of it's a it's a cool thing that people know is going to happen eventually as a virginia fan it's the worst damn thing ever (laughs) yeah um but it's kind of uh i mean people say what you will about the comments and the need like it doesn't matter if you lose classy like because you lost you suck first 16 (laughs) all that stuff but honestly i've seen more stuff that's like umbc scored the upset not virginia blew it and there are things that do say that obviously they exist but the majority of things that i've seen um recently or over the last few months has been more towards like honestly not a lot of it hasn't mentioned virginia as someone who you know tweets from the streak in the lawn account it's annoying to have some mouth breather respond with umbc anytime you tweet anything whether it's basketball or not like that's annoying but it's just over a certain point you're like all right yeah it happened can't do anything about it um but i think think the short-term uva is going to be you know mentioned with it uh very frequently yeah probably in the long term you know, more people say the Villanova championship, you know, things like that. So, And I think honestly, the way that they handled it is the best thing possible for Virginia, because if, if any of the guys, especially returning guys like Kyle guy or Ty or or Tony Bennett had been pissants about it or had a hissy fit (laughs) or something like that, then there's more stories that are, Mm -hmm. you know, there's more content. Now all you can say is like, Oh, let me make fun of you with a screenshot of the score. Like, all right, they got blown out because they had a bad day. But there's no, like, Grace and Allen tantrum on the bench-esque video clip to continue putting out there. Like, And I think, honestly, when people say, like, oh, it doesn't matter if they lose classy. Like, in that sense, it kind of does because Tony's leaning into the jokes. He's even making the, like, oh, this isn't a postseason award type comments, (laughs) which, I mean, it's going to be his legacy until it's not. And I think that more recently it's going to – or sooner than we think it's going to be – I think it'll be fine. There are are two legitimately awesome things to come out of it. One is that you've got a group of the most talented basketball players to ever play together at Virginia. You know, you've got individuals, but as a unit, this is probably going to be the most talented team Hmm. that they've fielded at one time. Um, That group of people are now insanely motivated to prove everybody wrong. That is one awesome thing to come out of it. The other legitimately awesome thing is the UMBC Athletics Twitter account. Like those guys are actually freaking hilarious and they, and they do it mostly in a way that isn't, you know, they're not just jumping in UVA's mentions every other day. Oh, not at all. If anything, tech fans are. Yeah. Um, A lot of our mentions. Right. Yeah. They're just like, they're doing their own thing that, you know, yeah, we're going to own a piece of history forever and that's cool. And we really like that. And we're going to have fun with it because we're the quirky little underdogs who did it. Um, yeah, I muted them immediately um, <laughs> way back when. But they recently you know, followed each me. Their own. And we really? have we've we've had like a little, you know, interaction and stuff and it's been kind of funny. They um, slid up in your DMs. No, no, no DMs, but um it, it's been kind of funny. And I do appreciate like I think that their Twitter account has handled it. I, I mean, again, the only things that I found annoying is just because I'm like it reminds me of a terrible loss but uh, I think yeah Paul hits it exactly like this team is going to use it as motivation and I don't have any doubt they're going to use as motivation that doesn't mean that I'm not a little bit concerned about like how do you actually come out that first game when you now have to put all of this like frustration and anger that you've held since March on the court and yeah the biggest thing is going to be going to Maryland 
if we're just going to throw that out there. We can get more in depth on that oh, when yeah. we actually get closer to basketball season. But if the Maryland fans don't wear yellow and black, they're not doing it right. <laughs> like, I just don't. I mean, it's technically part of their school system. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. And I just think that's going to be the toughest thing is going to that hellhole and playing in front of those fans because um, they're just yeah. going to get mocked. Or whatever. Who have, who have neither class nor cleverty. <laughs> so, like, I, don't think, be... I don't think UVA basketball like, cares where they're playing. You know? No, I don't either. I think no. they're going to expect yeah. to get that from everybody. But yeah. as, as a group that's – pretty pretty vocal it's going to be annoying for us to watch uh, yeah. for sure well we don't need to spend too much time on basketball because we have a couple months it's actually just under two months away so um we'll be back to Craziness. review but you guys have any quick thoughts on the three freshmen maybe who are coming in uh potentially braxton key we're still waiting to see if his waiver is going to be processed um i know there's been some notes about who's going to redshirt that might be impacted by if the transfer braxton key yeah plays or not um but by all reports uh things are looking pretty good for three guys who weren't breaking down the uh records for uh, you know recruiting stars yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with our big man from argentina francisco mm-hmm. just because of he seems the most physically ready of and he just recently got that four-star ranking um, he just came off playing for the, was it U18, U19 team? Um, and yeah, he was on, like, the all-tournament team. Like, he's done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some depth up there right now, and a lot of times the big men do redshirt. So if you see some of those guys, like, anyway, some of those guys have done that. Not necessarily just because mm-hmm. of – some of it because of transferring, like, Anthony Gill, but, you know, Jack redshirted. Um, Jay redshirted. Mm-hmm. But now those guys are available, so I don't know how much – He's going to play right away. Um, Cody Statman is out playing with the Australian mm-hmm. U18 team, and he's done pretty well. Um, and then, of course, Kihei, Kihei, Kihei Clark. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I think he's going to put in some minutes. Maybe not not a yeah. ton, but I think he's going to he's going to do some. He sort of has to, unless mid to late. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, they've 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 lost Devin, uh, but they also lost Nigel. And that's just, you know, they've got to spell the guards. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see for sure. See if Marco has made a step, you know, that that could play a role in uh, Keanu's minutes. Yeah, I think like the freshmen tend to play when they can either the rare freshman who can do everything well enough Mm -hmm. or can do one thing really, really well and you can cover up their weaknesses. I think that the – that actually opens the door to uh, Kia Clark playing more than the other two because there's not a an easy analog on the roster of somebody else who can do what he does. That mm-hmm. for you know big man scoring obviously is the question mark with this team, but there should probably be somebody who can go get a bucket down low. Um, I think we're not sure that Gafaro is necessarily going to be the guy to do that. Even even if he was was called on or expected to do that this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a knockdown perimeter shooter, the you know the roster is lousy with those, especially you know catching catching off uh, or shooting off the catch. Um, it's mm-hmm. you know if if you need to take Kyle out, you've got other guys that can do that. So you know that's kind of the Cody's the Cody Statman role. Nobody has the jitterbug guard um, either on the offense side or the defense side like Clark does, and yeah. You know, you, 
you know, you can't teach height uh, and, and being five, nine, five, 10, whatever he is, that is obviously the drawback, but you can coach around that. You can scheme around that um, and, and get what he brings to the court, which obviously Tony thinks there's something pretty significant he can bring to the court, given that this guy got an offer like two years ago. Yeah. Um, well, it should be interesting to see, and hopefully we'll have more reports uh, from practice and such as we get closer uh, to the season, but let's, let's jump into football. I think yeah. it's that time of the year where, you know, people are ready for summer, maybe to wind down, um, ready for football season, ready for hoodie weather, ready for pumpkin spice lattes, Paul, those are your no. favorite. No, not your favorite. No. <laughs> Good Lord. No, <laughs> but even you girl can't get on board with those. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're over but on, the, on the PSLs, <laughs> but, uh, three for three football, on, on football to some extent, at least. And, uh, UVA is, a, it's a weird off season. Uh, you know, it's a successful campaign to make it back to a bowl game last year only to get absolutely embarrassed in it uh you know they they, they did the classic virginia football uh do really well in the middle of the season and then go one and four you know to finish <laughs> it out in the regular season and, and some of that scheduling and once again the, well, most of the tougher games are, are at the back end of the schedule this year is a bowl game the expectation you would put forth? I mean, we could really dive into a lot of stuff, but I, I think as fans looking at this continued rebuild, is there room for them to take a step back, you know, losing Ben Kurt to graduation? Is there room to, to be patient if they don't get to six wins? Uh, or is that the solid must-get expectation for you guys? I think there's there's six gettable wins on – this schedule um mm-hmm. you know it's it's gonna be actually i think the the back end of the schedule has the potential to be where the sixth win comes from um you know you look at the the middle of that schedule you've got louisville nc state and miami back to back to back weeks including mm-hmm. a road trip to raleigh i mean that's that's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that NC state team. Yeah. They lost a bunch of guys to the pros, but they got a bunch of really good guys coming in. Dave Dorn has done an incredible job recruiting at that program. And yeah. of course, Miami is going to be, you know, probably a top 10 team, if not top five for most of the year. Um, so that's, I think it, it's, I hope fans don't get disheartened if, you know, after a road trip to Indiana and then playing a really good Ohio team, you know, Ohio team that won, I think nine games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, if, if all of a sudden the only win for the first six games was over Richmond, all hope is not lost. Like we've, you've got Duke who were yeah. two and zero against under Mendenhall, North Carolina, who I think is going to be sneaky awful this year that you've got the <laughs> suspensions. That team has the mental fortitude of a wet napkin. Their coach is a crazy person. That team is going <laughs> to fall apart by end of October. Um, even once they get their guys back. Pitt's tough. Liberty is in their first season as as FBS, so I guess that means they'll probably beat us. But then it's <laughs> but, but then it's Georgia Tech who, you know, Mendenhall has has played that option offense really well. And then of course there's there's the you know, there's the end of the year game against Virginia Tech. So I like yeah, I think the the back the 
back into the schedule, the end of October, early November games are the ones that could be what put them over the edge. And I, I think that is very doable. I'm not sure mm-hmm. whether it's, it's safe to say that that should be the goal or the expectation. I, I think saying that saying that should be the goal I can get on board with saying that should be the expectation, maybe a, a one year sort of ahead of schedule. All right. I agree with most of that. Um, I think that it should be a goal and I think it is a goal. Um, but if they win five games or four games and we're close and two more type thing that that's not, I don't think fans should consider that a backslide. I think that they were a little bit ahead of where a lot of us anticipated. No one saw them going out to Boise state and just destroying. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think that in that stretch that Paul mentioned, that's extraordinarily tough for some reason. I just feel like they're going to steal one of those. And I don't know if it's because they've played, you know, two years ago. And some of that was, you know, I guess that was the last year under, Anyway, whatever. They've had close games against Louisville. Louisville is finally without Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure they have, you know, they have other good players coming in. But just knowing that the Cavalier killer is no longer there, that's nice. Um, and then we've played Miami. I mean, that game at Miami last year was, you know, you can't burn out after three quarters or whatever. But they had the Miami fans scared. Sure, like, they played. Miami played really, yeah. really well in that game. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately couldn't hold on long enough against a better team. Like that just this how it is. So, mm-hmm. um, and agreed about state, um, Ryan Finley, their quarterback is outstanding. Um, but I think we have the potential to have one of the best defensive back units in the ACC, if not at least competing mm-hmm. to be good in the country. I, I do think that they're a little underrated when it comes to like the voting and the ACC digital network countdowns about the best defensive backs and all this sort of stuff. It's one of the positions that I feel the most confident in. Sure. With this team. Easily. Um, so when you're going against a good throwing quarterback, like that's something that should give some confidence and they lost their entire starting defensive line to the draft. Like mm-hmm. that's also something that if we have a younger, maybe not younger offensive line, but we, that is the lines are one of the things that coach Mendenhall has talked about needing to, improve just across the board of course going against a team that lost all of their starters from the year before is a nice place to start um I'm, you know what i mean not start the season but in a game so, so here's my question here's my question for the schedule sure. we're talking about whether the bowl whether a bowl game should be the expectation or the goal let's take let's say a bowl game is a foregone conclusion that it's not gonna happen sure. that it's, it's five and seven or four mm-hmm. and eight but one of those wins is over tech. That's what you get to choose. You get to choose the four or five wins, one being over tech versus bowl game, six or seven wins, but a loss to tech. Which way do you fall? I'm taking the win over tech. Oh, easily. For yeah. sure. hundred yeah. percent. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> only one game. And if they beat tech, I consider that. Yeah. A, yeah. A, and I love, 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 love the emphasis on that game this year. And here's why people will say like oh does that mean they haven't been trying to win it before i'm like shut up no that doesn't mean that <laughs> previously people were like they don't treat it like it's a rivalry game like you're right they need to do that like tech has come out more hyped and more like we're gonna win this game we're gonna kick your ass and i think that shows sometimes and as long as we don't go down there and rotate quarterbacks every other snap i think that they, Ooh, it, like, oh triggered <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had forgotten that. Ugh. <laughs> I used to get so angry on this podcast talking about that. Like, can we like beep, like blur that, like, beep, like when I talk about that? 
But honestly, and this is going to be, people are going to roll their eyes and say that it's just Darns picking whatever. I think it happens this year, and I think oh, it's going to happen on no, the road. Blah, blah, blah. No, we're because... not getting to you picking, <laughs> beating the Hokies <laughs> at the end of the season that hasn't started yet. Yes, I do what I want. You're allowed yes. to be optimistic, but that's just, it's based on nothing. <laughs> you don't have any, any way to. Based on women's intuition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I do. She's got, she's got us there, Pierce. We got nothing on that. I can't argue with that. Um, I, I'll, I'll say, I know, Paul, you chimed in and you said you like the focus, so I'll be the dissenter. Uh, the, the beat tech thing is fine, but I, it's, it's a little. Uh, uh, you know, like win the game, you know, <laughs> like I don't care what they write on their message boards. I don't, you know, if the, if the kids get a kick out of breaking a stone with a hammer, awesome, whatever, who cares? <laughs> but I don't need the, like it to be in the news. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, I know it's just like off season, you know, you, yeah, you anything that thing. comes out, you're going to, you're going to report on, we do that and, and daily progress, whoever, but to have that to be like today's story is we're trying to beat our rival. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and like that's a fake news media. But no, it's kidding. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I do think that like it's it's not something that I mean they talked about it at media day. So I mean, make of that what you will. But when asked about what their goals are and stuff like that, like yeah, it's on there, and and that's what I like. I agree with you. Like you do set yourself up when there's like stories written about it and like beat writers are tweeting about it, how they said like every day, you know, like what we're trying to hammer in is like beat tech. And they're like, oh, well, it's been 5,000 days since we've had the Commonwealth Cup. I'm like, good for you. Like you open yourself up to that. Like I get that. Yes. Um, I just think that this is a nice change of pace. Maybe, I don't know what to call it, but just like, and I, to me, put it, just, it out there. Like it strikes yeah. me like every two years there's a new hashtag or new thing. You know, like well, oh, they should have one every the, year. The come up, the new stand. You know, it's just another oh, way no, to no. brand. I say, yeah, go for it. That's what you should like, do. You should yeah, be. exactly. Every year you're going out there, you're trying to be a your rival and yeah, be all your games you're trying to win <laughs> and focus on. So, like, it just it doesn't strike me as. <laughs> It'd be uh, funny if they did pick one that they're like the important. one we're not trying to win. <laughs> Seven and five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the Richmond game, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, Indiana. They're just like uh, early. What what storylines are you paying closely attention to in these practice reports that come out, or what maybe hasn't been reported on that you're you're really looking uh, to for answers going into the the opener? Um, know, this will come as a shock to everybody, but for me, it's what the starting offensive line is going to look like. What? Um, uh-huh. I know, I know. Oh, and are not you just invested in the line? A, a little bit. Um, and not just, but not just who the starters are, who's the nine, could it be, t- you know, is it going to be eight guys, nine right. guys, and that could end up playing significantly over the course of the season, whether that's right. due to injury or matchups or, or, you know, just sort of fluctuations with a young group. Um, you know, the reports, the, the weights that these guys are clocking in at now, you look at two guys like Chris Glazer and Ryan Nelson, both who weighed 260, 270 pounds coming out of high school, both of them are up over 300 now or are, are at or over 300. Um, you've got RJ Proctor at an absolutely ridiculous 335 pounds. And <laughs> he did I something like 30 reps of a bench press at 225 um, in the conditioning test. Like mm-hmm. he is, that is an NFL 
body. That is, that is an interior lineman in the NFL. Um, but the, the cross training that they're doing with getting guys like Chris Glazer and like Jay Feeler getting um, the, the time at center uh, so that they can have whatever their best five available at that moment mm-hmm. is out on the field. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's reassuring to see that there is this sense of, okay, we have enough guys that we can at least have a competent starting five. And I'm not really mm-hmm. sure that that was the case last year. There were it's guys. Been, were it's been a while. Yeah. 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 And, and this was, you know, UVA was essentially O-line U for, a solid five, 10 years in the yeah. mid, you know, uh, mid two thousands to early, early part of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having guys getting back to that level, um, is, is going to be an important part of what moves the program forward. Um, and so I want to see how that, that starting five and then the next three or four guys up, what that starts to look like, how they start to gel. Paul's like fanning himself right now. <laughs> Got the papers. <laughs> he, he knows all those weights by heart. He wasn't mm-hmm. reading any of it. Mm-hmm. They're on his wall. <laughs> he writes <laughs> them in his journal. Every I'm night. Tattooed <laughs> down my what about um, you, I think, Yeah, I think the thing I want to know more about is quarterback positions. I want to see what Bryce Perkins is going to be doing. Um, Probably always, throwing the ball. And yeah, hopefully ball. running maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it's because he is a different, he brings a different skill set than Kurt Benkert. Mm-hmm. Um, now with the Atlanta Falcons, um, third on the depth chart. What up, Kurt? Um, friend of the program. I, I think he just brings a different set of skills. Obviously, like mm-hmm. Bryce has been said that he's more mobile. Um, that opens more of the options, if you will, on the offense. Ew. If you read a lovely story by our by our own Emily Karen on streetlawn.com talking about options. Um, but yeah, that's something that it's always hard when you show like highlights from that sort of stuff from like fall practice, because if he's throwing touchdowns, that means like the defense isn't doing what there's, you know, it's the same thing. Like when they show basketball highlights, like, Ooh, they made all these great baskets. But does that mean Tony Bennett's defense is no good anymore? Whatever. Right, right. Um, so that's the one I have the most that I'm most interested in to see. Like, Ooh, um, the one that I'm really excited about is about learning more about, I guess maybe that sounds the same thing, but uh, I'm really excited about some of these defenders that maybe were under the radar or have a chance to step up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jordan Mack, Chris Peace, Charles, Snowden. Um, Charles Snowden. Yeah. He's six, seven. You know what I mean? Like I cannot wait to see what's going on on the defense because there were great players that you lose someone like Micah Kaiser um, Andrew Brown off the line, but we maybe have we some guys. improve in pass coverage at the inside linebacker position. I don't know. Ew. Yeah. So I, I do think that they're going to be. One could say pass coverage at the safety position might also. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy take Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> These are not new thoughts. Um, and it is. I mean, I'm curious to see how the defense looks, and it's. They do a good job, I think, and they being the coaches and, and the Twitters of getting excited. Honestly, like I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of amped right now. Like, uh, you know, everyone, there was one thing I saw that predicted Virginia to go. Oh, and eight in the, in conference. <laughs> I'm like, but haven't you seen cool. the highlights? Anything like, is possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, I don't understand that. And, um, that and I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to be the case at all, but yeah. you know, maybe 
I don't know. I, I'm excited. I think that the yeah. defense can do some well, stuff. By, by all accounts, Perkins seems to, you know, have have a lot going for him. Uh, yeah. Assuming he stays healthy, and you know, I'm sure we'll yeah. all be holding our breath every time he gets hit because of that. But I mean, there are big question marks still. You can't deny, despite my snark, that losing Kaiser Brown and Blanding. Yeah. Would normally be uh, a big deal for any team not named Alabama uh, or Clemson at this point. For sure. Uh, however, the, the depth really does give you reason for optimism on the defense in everybody who isn't on the line. <laughs> the depth at linebacker is better. The depth at defensive back is better. There's talent we've seen in both of those units to have reasons to believe that they'll be better without uh, you know, those star All-Americans. The defensive line, though, is a huge question mark. Uh, and some of that is being answered, hopefully, by some incoming transfers, uh, Pete uh, from Michigan State, and uh, hopefully the guy with massive arms from Ohio State who isn't here yet. His name escapes me. Big old, big old Dylan Thompson. Thompson, Thompson. Yeah, I was confusing him with Applefield on the other side of the line. But um, actually, and that's I, I think one of the freshmen that could have the biggest um, impact on the team this year is Jordan Redmond. Um, he's huge. He is Sorry. enormous. When they posted the picture of the, yeah. the first year's reporting together, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, "Damn, Redmond's flex!" Like Redmond, Redmond looks like. Are they? Did they Photoshop him? Is he like in some sort of weird <laughs> vortex? And no, he's six one, three hundred and twenty pounds, which is exactly <laughs> how you do, how you would build a nose tackle if you yeah. were like creating a player in Madden. I mean, it's yeah. it if if he's got if he still got the step that he displayed uh, as being a, a fairly high three-star recruit coming out of, um, out of high school, if, if it's good weight, if it's playable weight, that's a guy that can come in and take 20, 30 snaps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he won't be a three down defensive lineman, but right. he could, he can, you know, play a series and give a guy a break. He can come in on, on the goal line packages and be really stout and anchor. Um, so I, I think he's got a chance to be somebody that um, really he may not make a whole bunch of headlines, but he's, I think he may affect the game as much as any freshman who plays this year. Obviously the other new faces mm-hmm. will, will impact the game more if only because one of them is the quarterback. Um, Absolutely. And I think on the offensive side, they've, they've got the same depth an uh, increase in depth that we were talking about with at least the linebackers and the defensive backs. Like you said, with the O-line, having a rotation of actual usable guys that, that you could bring in off the second string, you're looking at depth at running back, uh, depth at receiver, despite losing, you know, your Lavroni, uh, Dowling. Uh, Dowling, uh, Donnie Dowling, may, I always had a soft spot for, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, I do. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you've got Oz who, you know, is going to get as many touches as possible. It's year three of the Pierce says Jordan Ellis should get more touches. Uh, campaign. <laughs> um, which to be fair, they did, you know, they gave him the ball plenty last year for sure. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for optimism. And, and a lot of that is just, going to come naturally in this year of rebuilding a program, you know, with your guys. So hopefully we get to see some, I don't know, like vested uh, growth 
in this roster. And I think that would be huge, even if it were a five and seven season. Yeah, absolutely. Like a step back. Uh, even if it's a five and seven season, another loss to tech, if it looks like the roster is really, you know, performing at the level and they lose a couple close games, you know, that they, then I would still be happy. Um, but hopefully they make a bowl. And, you know, look at, like you were saying with the, uh, the middle of the schedule being the, the hardest, Ohio is no gimme. Indiana is no gimme. But if of those two games, if they could win one or surprise Louisville at home or, or you know, maybe State or Miami. Anyway, if they can go two and four instead of one and five, um, or, you know, best case, we'll call it three and three. They're probably in good shape to get to six wins. If 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 they've got if they've got, if they've got three four. wins coming out of that first six, they could get to like eight. Like I, I think there's a if you've got three wins out mm-hmm. of those first six games, including a road win at some at Indiana, say yeah, the confidence level, the trust in this is working. We are we are good enough to 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 do this. Yeah, so it could push them up over that sort of seven wins that is kind of kind of widely thought of as the ceiling of how good this team possibly could be. If they're good enough to get three wins out of their first six, they could be enough to get to eight. I, I, I think it would be, first, it'd be a stretch. But. If those three wins are Richmond at Indiana and hosting Ohio, That's I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be favored in the Indiana game, but I don't think it's – you know, they beat the crap out of Boise State last year on the road. Right. Why, why can't true. they do that in Indiana? And as we saw, the team that beat the crap out of Boise State it didn't win too many ACC games after that. That was yeah. the fault of the bye week. Duh. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> say, like, I do think the bye weeks the last two years have been a very um, just unlucky times. I, I don't know how much a bye week actually affects. I've never been on a football team. Surprisingly, I know. Weird. But – I just think like the way the momentum was going last season, you come off that huge win and then you just got to wait, you know, you just got to like sit out a week. You got to try. Sure. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it actually affects it, but I like that there's, to me, it feels better. I mean, at least unfortunately yeah. it's not before the Georgia tech game, you know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> right. Anyway, my point being, if they win at Indiana, I don't think it is necessarily indicative of them being able to get to, you know above that that baseline yeah. mediocrity because if they win at Indiana and Ohio and we assume Richmond and do go three and three that means they went oh oh and three to start the ACC against games sure. that they they will be statistically you know not supposed to win favored, and they won't yeah. be favored um, but still then you're looking at like well we're oh three the conference we took care of business early on. You know, the three more wins, including Liberty, are there. But I, I don't know that I'm feeling good that they're going to get four. Call it three if we if we get the Liberty win. Call it three out of Duke, UNC, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. That's still going three and two against the Coastal. Who the whole Coastal's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, that, that includes, yeah, it's Miami. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, I don't know. That seems like a, a, a big ask. Um but talk to me if they start 3-0, and and then I'll be like, we're going to win everything <laughs> except the gaming in Blacksburg. I'm never going to call that a W until I see it happen. But we'll, we'll get to game-by-game predictions uh, closer maybe to uh, the start of the season and certainly so throughout. Like next week. <laughs> Do you guys have any bold predictions uh, for you know, positive or negative things that you think are, are going to surprise some people in the upcoming football season you got one paul the biggest hit of the season will be delivered by lester coleman (laughs) 
the mm. punter. That is a bold prediction. He put on 20 pounds in the <laughs> offseason. He is a six foot five, 245 pound punter. And if punters are hitting people, they are doing it at the open field. He is going to he's either going to carry it on a on a, a fake and just obliterate some 180 pound, you know, nickel corner trying to play it make a special teams tackle mm-hmm. or somebody's going to pop loose on a return and he's going to be the only one between them in the end zone and he is going to declete them i am i am feeling <laughs> the lester coleman pain train it is coming that's my prediction all right darns um i think that joe reed is going to have at least three returns for touchdowns all right and we're going to have a good kicker. That's hard to do. Okay. We're going to make a field goal over 35 yards. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so we're going to have a kicker. Yeah. Hey, that is Magia. unfortunately Sorry. bold. Um, but <laughs> That's the boldest thing I could come up with. I like the optimism. Yeah. Uh, my bold p- prediction is going to be Evan Butts leads the game, the team in receptions at least – three games i think they're gonna rely on butts a lot i know it's gonna be hard with uh zacchaeus because he gets so many touches uh but i i like them to use the tight end despite the fact that they're not recruiting any uh <laughs> i think i think butts is gonna have a good year as a redshirt senior this year Butts should always have a good year oh no Anyone, but no, not so okay. much. All right. Whoa, do you have um, some rapid fire uh, questions, uh, Caroline, that you would just want to make up on the spot? Because uh, we don't have a guest this week. <laughs> we don't have any new people, so I, I don't know. Uh, what, what um, Paul, Uh-oh. favorite place to get donuts? Ooh, uh, I am a big. Okay, this is all in the caveat that Spud Nuts has closed. Yeah. Uh, so that's like. Yeah, you know, rest in rest in power. So um, but uh, I I've got to go Sugar Shack. Yeah, uh, in, in DC. Uh, we've we, we have went, one in Charlottesville now. <gasps> Excellent. Shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Where They're is fantastic. it? Fantastic. It's uh, next to the Pizza Hut with a full bar on West Main Street. Pierce <laughs> knows all of the hot spots. It's across from Hardywood. Oh, West Main. It, it, things have changed. It's Wait, you have donuts, beer, and pizza. And a like, triangle of perfection. Yeah, it's like a, a bubble tea place is there too. Oh, and the Sugar Shack makes burgers. What? Come, come on down to Charlottesville, Dude, everyone. The, the, sugar, the Sugar Shack up here is has a speakeasy. Yeah. In the basement. It it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Does the DC uh, one have it in the basement? The Alexandria yeah, one has it like yes. in the side room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. So if if any donut places wanted to like sponsor, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Sugar Shack, Friend, friends of the pod. Um. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop doing this gluten-free thing that I promised my mom for a month. Oh yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> that is not a thing you should be doing. You should. Very cranky. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's really good? Wheat. Yeah, pasta. Bread. <laughs> bread. You know, gluten is actually Latin for taste. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying. Yeah. yeah. Pro Luckily, podcast I found some chicken tenders that are gluten-free. Excellent, excellent rapid fire food discussions. Yeah, Caroline, um, do you use uh, blue pens or black pens? Black pens. What am I, an animal? <laughs> <laughs> this question came up amongst my coworkers today, and it was divisive. 
So, <laughs> so black plans. So here's the thing in the military, or at least in the Navy. I don't know how the the chair. Hey, if you didn't know, Caroline, yeah. Caroline was in the Navy. If you, you can be a fellow man in the Navy, I don't know the words. So. <laughs> um, so the different colored pens were when you get something like sent up the chain of command to get approved like different people use different colored pens. So all official paperwork had to be done in black pen. But like, so when things got signed off, like the operations officer was the only one who could use the blue pen or, and it's the same across like, cool. So like the XO, <laughs> the XO has. There's nothing pen. Pierce loves more than really strict rules. <laughs> yeah. and the About the pens. <laughs> Don't <laughs> use the green pen or Al Qaeda is going to win. <laughs> But all paperwork has to be done in black. <laughs> well, but, I learned something tonight. <laughs> black pen. I didn't want to, but I did. <laughs> Tune in every week for more super important knowledge like that. Uh, every <laughs> week, Caroline's going to disclose military secrets. <laughs> I can only hope someone's listening for the first time and they're all like, "All right, I think hell? we've probably lost all our listeners by this point." So let's let's we close. We found up. that one guy who's really like passionate about donuts, and, like stationery. <laughs> it's like, yes, you should only use black pens. I think our family members have probably uh, hit. <laughs> Even next my dad. Episode. So uh, well, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back to dig a little more into preseason football and uh maybe talk about some other eva sports as well but until then thanks guys for joining me thank you listeners for listening and uh stay tuned go who's from dad all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19.